0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Okay, class, take your seats. I said, take your seats, class. Shh! I swear, you're all acting like a bunch of animals. Pet Life Radio presents Teacher's Pets, where you'll learn how to understand and communicate with your pet and train them to be the best pet they can be. It's time to see the world from your pet's point of view. So give a tail-wagging welcome to your Teacher's Pet host on petliferadio.com. You may even learn a few tricks yourself.
2: Hi and welcome to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. I'm Nancy Tolino, and with me today is a very special guest, Mr. Stephen Applebaum, the president of Animal Behavior College, also known as ABC. Welcome back, Steve. Hi,
3: man. It's always always a pleasure to speak with you.
2: Thank you. Well, today we're going to be talking about something really near and dear to my heart and yours, yours I know as well, and that is the training and care and adoption of shelter dogs. Yes. So, And then that's the subject that, you know, I mean, over the years, I, it's sort of untapped. I mean, because people, they have good intentions and they mean well, but it's getting the dog home. After all that the dog's been through, you know, what happens from there? Right. So that's probably a really good place to start where people have good intentions, but what happens to them and to the dog and to the family unit once the dog comes home? So we're going to be talking with Steve about... A uh, whole bunch of good stuff regarding dogs and their care. That's coming up next, so keep it right here on Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. We'll be right back.
1: Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's Pet will be back in two shakes of a tail right after recess. Pet Pet, pet
0: and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco. Where the
1: pets go. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read.
0: There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read.
1: With Audible, I feel smarter.
0: Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to AudibleDeals.com. That's AudibleDeals.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Okay, teacher's pet. Pay attention. There may be a quiz later.
2: Hi and welcome back to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. I'm Nancy Tolino and I'm here with Mr. Stephen Applebaum. Once again, it's a pleasure to have you here, the president of Animal Behavior College. We're talking today specifically about the care and training of shelter dogs. And Steve, can you give us a little bit of uh, information regarding that?
3: You're on a really important point. We've always at Animal Behavior College, we've really always looked at the adoptions/shelter dog I'm not going to say challenge, but equation as kind of a two-part equation. The first part is getting them adopted in the first place. And, right. and certainly shelters across the nation have come to realize over the last 10 or so years that there is a definite correlation between behavior and adoptability. That's not to say that untrained dogs can't be adopted but it certainly makes it a lot easier for people if when they see a dog that they want to or they're considering taking home, that the dog doesn't jump all over them or bark at them or you know, just run around in such an unruly fashion as to cause the potential adoptee to look at the dog and go, wow, I'd really like to take this dog, but um, uh, the dog might be a little crazy or acting crazy. So teaching the dogs in shelter makes them more adoptable but also what happens when you bring the dogs home and that's the second piece the better the dogs are trained the easier it's going to be for people when they bring their dogs into what's hopefully going to be their forever home to help them acclimate and there are some basic things that as trainers we can we can educate shelters about and educate people that are taking the dogs home about yeah you know, simple things to so understand that the, the dogs many times have been in the shelters for months Some of them may have been in homes before they wound up in shelters. Some of them may have been in many homes before they wound up in shelters. We don't know the answer to that in many cases, but there are, as I say, certain things that you can do, getting the dog on a regular schedule so that he or she is taken out to go to the bathroom, as opposed to just assuming the dog is going to know know, where to go will start that process off right. Also, feeding the dog and watering the dog at set times. And by watering, you know, a lot of times, until you're certain that the dog is completely house-trained, uh, it's best not to leave water around 24 hours a day because right. uh, if the dog has unlimited access to fluids and isn't quite sure where to go, that, that can present a problem. So, you know, so little things like that. If it's a younger I, I, dog, I'm making sure it. the dog has proper chew toys right. so that he or she can chew on the right stuff, and how to encourage the dog if the dog is a predilection for chewing to chew on the correct items. Learning how, although this is typically not something you would do in the first couple of days, most of the time, in some instances, learning how to teach the dog not to run out of a door or gate so as to prevent the dog from escaping and winding back up in the shelter or worse. So things like this, the typical trainer can do, you know, one of the reasons that we suggested that started student saving lives, which is ABC's program for our students to get into shelters before they graduate and donate a minimum of 10 hours worth of time is in the hopes that they would build relationships with some of these shelters because we knew that the shelters would need people to refer to when an adoptee's would take these dogs home, you know, and then they'd come back and they'd have questions. So mm-hmm a decent trainer will be able to help adoptees with all of these challenges and others. So, I mean, that's a very general overview. I can get into more specifics if you'd like.
2: Yeah, that's a great overview, and you're tapping into a lot of different areas there, structure and training, uh, and that lends itself to any age dog, any breed, doesn't matter. You know, I mean, senior dogs to puppies, they all need structure. They all need that feeling of safety and security. But we, we were mentioning, too, about feeding and, you know, and for the dogs drinking. Until the dog still is seen medically, too, because a lot of times medical issues, you just don't know if there's something wrong. They might have a, you know, a problem with their kidney or whatever, you know, and you get a dog home or just being nervous. The dog may not be going Normally for a while. Do you know what I mean? So you kind of have to, you kind of have to set them up to succeed. And so you don't want, until you know the pattern, until you know how much the dog can can handle, you don't want to kind of throw so much food and water at them constantly because then they might be, you know, soiling inside the house and then you're setting them up to fail. This way you know for sure how much the dog can handle. Of course, you know, take the dog out right after they eat, that kind of thing. So that's really good. That's
3: absolutely right.
2: Yeah, because medical issues. You must be a
3: trainer, Nan.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And I wonder where I went to school. (laughs) I learned a lot, Steve, I'll tell you. I'm glad to hear that. Absolutely, and it's ongoing, you know, and of course, as we talked about before, how they always teach us too, and I love the program now that you have for, for shelters with the students Saving Lives because that's, it extends, you know, just beyond, you know, individual clients and their dogs, which are important, but now you're, now you're really saving lives, you Well, know? you know, it's
3: funny, when we, we started students student Saving Lives back in 2004, and this was really our way, you know, right. I should really give a shout out and credit to uh, my VP of Operations, Debbie Kendrick because she was the one that initially envisioned this program, Student Saving Lives. But when we launched it in 2004, I certainly knew that shelters would likely embrace it and that there would be trainers, students, that would really wholeheartedly look to get into shelters and give that 10 hours and then some. But I never imagined that it would be well over 90% of our student body that would not only take up this 10-hour mantle, but would actually finish the complete 10 hours, and many would go on to do more. In fact, since 2004, we've had 7,100 students complete their 10 hours, which, if you do the math, makes for you know well over uh, 70,000
2: wow. volunteer
3: hours. It's crazy. It's crazy. Whenever I see that number, I'm just kind of floored. But it was because of the success of Students Saving Lives that when we decided to develop our first continuing education programs, or as we call them, CEPs, the number one requested program was for shelter dogs, and it's funny, when we were first looking at the idea of the programs, I sat down with some of the upper management people here at Animal Behavior College, and we brainstormed for about an hour and a half, you know, what programs would be best. Uh, more advanced business building program, some more complicated behavioral modification programs, maybe separation anxiety, maybe touching on aggression, all these different things. And then it occurred to us that maybe what we ought to do is ask the student body, hey, there's a thought. So after we were done, we went back and we threw this out to several thousand people over the course of about six months, and by far... The number one program that came back, number one suggestion that came back, was to do some sort of a shelter outreach course in which we could instruct trainers, students, as to a little bit more about how shelters work, what they're looking for, what types of behaviors typically are best to teach dogs in shelters, what kind of follow up, which is what we're talking about now is most effective once the dogs get home, and so on and so forth. Eventually, we're looking to replicate this with cats. We're not quite there yet, although the, just to get off topic for a second, the cat program, which is another one of our continuing education programs, has almost enrolled its thousandth students. Oh, so, wow.
1: Great. And it's
3: just coming up now on a year since we launched the program. It's very exciting, you know, considering that when we, when we were looking to create the program, we reached out to cat trainers all across the country and mm-hmm. didn't find very many. I mean, there are certainly cat trainers out there, and anybody listening that's been training for years, please don't be offended. Um, that's not to say there were none. We couldn't find more than about a half dozen to a dozen trainers all across the nation. You know, and even if we missed a few, heck, even if we missed two or three times the number that were there, that only meant 30 or 40 trainers. So the fact that we've had a thousand people enroll in this in this program will means that hopefully we will be at the forefront of a new trend. You know, a trend in understanding that cats are trainable and that much the same challenges that exist for them in shelters Actually, much the same challenges exist for them in shelters, only it's even worse. The statistics for cats that wind up in shelters, more cats wind up in shelters than dogs, and more cats are euthanized in in, uh, shelters compared to dogs. And oftentimes, these are behaviorally based as well. So, you know, we're hoping that in the future, both our students as well as trainers that have nothing to do with Animal Behavior College, when they reach out to shelters, they do it for dogs and for cats. There's a running joke, which is I always have to get on the kitty soapbox. But I, that's because I think it's so important, given that there are literally millions of cats in danger every year.
2: Yeah, yeah. They get overlooked. It truly They, they is. do get
3: overlooked, in part because there's a perception that they can't be trained.
2: Right, right. And then this this could change all that.
3: You know, that's the hope, you know, which is uh, just to get people thinking about it. I mean, look, there are always going to be people that prefer dogs over cats. They're going to be people that prefer cats over dogs, and they're going to be people that embrace them both for their, for their differences and for the fact that they can both be incredibly loving, phenomenal members of the household. But if you have uh, any kind of a predilection at all towards kitties to understand that they are trainable, and just for the general public at large to, to get that, just because they may not be personality-wise the way dogs are, doesn't mean they can't be trained. Right. And of course, we all know that uh, dogs can be trained <laughs> when they want to be.
2: And people still need to understand, you know, especially if they haven't adopted from a shelter yet, that they got to get that out of their head, you know, what was prior in the dog's life, you know, I mean... Dogs can be trained, and now we know cats can be trained. Things yeah, can change yeah. once a dog feels secure, once a dog feels safe, once there's structure, you know, once there's good leadership, things can change. So that old perception, hopefully, I don't know how you see it now with people, but hopefully that's kind of changing over time. You know, I mean, that people feel, well, you know, there's a history. We all have a history, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But At the same time, fortunately, animals can let go of it quicker than us. It depends on how we direct them and what path we lead them down, you know. So I just don't want people to overlook shelters, dogs or cats, just by the... Yeah, you know, that's
3: so uh, true. Right? I'm always amazed by that. When you hear of dogs that... And look, the vast majority of dogs that wind up in shelters are not there because they were horribly abused. You know, they're oftentimes there because they either escape, especially since uh, 2008, you know, since we hit, since the economic downturn, you know, and speaking with shelters, we many people are taking the dogs to shelters because they literally just can't afford their pets anymore. And that's a horrible wrenching decision to have to make. But the bottom line is, is that there is certainly an understanding that when a dog comes from a shelter, the dog had a life and a history before you get to the dog. And take the dog home and give the dog a loving, uh, a loving, affectionate um, environment in which to thrive and grow. But when you hear the horror stories, you know of the dogs that are abused. I mean, a person that would go through that <laughs> would take years, and maybe would never, you know, be completely whole after some of the things that you hear the dogs have gone through. That's right. And, you know, these dogs that have been sometimes abused and not properly socialized and, you know, you scratch your head, at least I do, when I hear some of the stories and go, I just don't understand how anybody can do that. I mean, how do you how do you leave a dog chained to a tree for years, you know, and uh, the only reason that the dog is not still chained to the tree is because the neighbors intervened, the, because these people decided to go away for a week and a half and forgot that the dog was chained. I mean, stuff like that. I mean, it's like, Really? Really? I mean, there are actually people like that. Of course, it's rhetorical. We know that there are. But it's still just extraordinary to me that these same dogs, I mean, if it were me, I'd bite anybody that came near me. But these dogs, all I want to do is be loved and love, and it's it's just phenomenal. So, yes, the dogs do have a history, but as you said, they can learn new behaviors. And, you know, you touched on something else, too, which is older dogs. There's that old adage that you can't teach an old dog new tricks is completely untrue you can absolutely teach an older dog new tricks Uh, in fact sometimes it's easier to teach an older dog the only challenge you'll run into sometimes with older dogs is that the ingrained behaviors can be sometimes a little tougher to deal with
2: and maybe some physicality a little bit of like maybe a little yes
3: (laughs) if you're looking to teach your 12 year old cocker spaniel to be in fly ball you might have some challenges
2: Yeah. And a little bit of arthritis getting up and sitting down. You don't want to push them too hard, you know, but you want their focus. Yeah. Every dog, like you said, they meet us halfway. Actually, no, they meet us more than halfway. We focus, they can actually make our jobs so much easier. So I think that it's important to realize that, you know, that shelter dogs shouldn't be overlooked. And as you mentioned, cats as well, and you do so much, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a lifelong thing and, and but they give us so much back in return.
3: I completely agree. You know, I think that the one trend, I don't know that, that people are more aware of training now than they were 20 years ago. Maybe they are. I mean, I was doing this full-time 20 years ago as a professional trainer, and uh, I had, you know, tons of clients. Now, you know, maybe, maybe in certain parts of the country it was more popular than others. I don't really know. But I do know one thing that I believe has changed over the last 10 or 15 years, and that is, the whole idea that adopting a dog from a shelter, it's, I think it's much more mainstream now than it was 10 or 15 years ago. Good. You
2: That's know, good yeah. uh,
3: you know, and, and, and 10 or 15 years ago, certainly 20, 25 years ago, you also saw far more dogs being sold in pet stores than you see today. Which mm-hmm. isn't to say it doesn't exist, because we all know that it does. But it was, it was much more common back when I started training, you know, to see the typical pet store in the mall hall, you know, was selling puppies. And, again, you still see that. Yeah. But, um, you know, to but the I, credit it, of some of the big-box stores that came in, right. um, you know, they changed the landscape in ways that, you know, one could argue are both good and bad. But one thing that neither of the major big-box stores in this country do is sell puppies. Right. You know? And, in fact, both Petco and PetSmart have reached out uh, and donated significant resources, actually, to helping dogs get adopted. And, you know, kudos to them, kudos to them on that, because if you stop and think about it, had either one of those two stores or had both of those chains decided that, you know, they were going to be in the puppy selling business. You know, I don't know uh, right now how many stores Petco and PetSmart have between them, but it certainly got to be over 2,000.
2: That's good to hear. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
3: if you think about it. You know, that's something that they should be given credit for.
2: And I have seen a lot of smaller places close, you know, so in in its wake. So, yeah, that's a good that's a good sign of the times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
3: that was, you know, you always hear about, you know, the negative impact that large corporations have, you know, and and certainly there is a footprint and it's not always positive, but it's not always negative either. And in this particular case, I think that it's, you know, clearly if you're if you're going to be fair about it, it's an absolutely positive thing because it means that, You know, the average person today, when they're looking to get a puppy, don't automatically think, okay, well, I'll go over to uh, whatever, uh, you know, Noah's Little Large Pet Store. Hopefully, there's not one of those out there. And, uh, you know, and if there are, this is strictly an accidental. It's just a random name choice, you know, and go buy a puppy. Right. You know, people just don't do that the way they did 25 or 30 years ago. So that's a definite change and an improvement. And as more and more people adopt and take dogs into their forever homes and they realize that they have a, just a fantastic experience with them and it's a wonderful thing, you're going to, you know, success breeds success.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at my
3: basset hound right now who's a rescue.
2: I know. Your answer right there. You know, they're happy, they're content. And they have a forever home.
3: That's right. So if we can get trainers to do more outreach to to recognize that, from a you know the standpoint of being able to make a difference. Not to mention the fact that it's also a potentially good way for them to help build their business. And those two are not uh, in conflict with one another. You know, you can build a business and be successful as a trainer and uh, not give up your morality and uh, actually do very, very well while at the same time helping pets and people who love them. So reaching out to that's shelters, helping in any way you can yeah. will be, as the cliche goes, a win-win.
2: It is a win-win. On that positive note, Steve, tell us a little more about how people can reach you if they want to attend a school, if they want to find out more about it. Give us the, the information to contact. Um,
3: ah, the shameless plug. I love that. Um, <laughs> Yes, if anybody wants to speak with us now, understand to for those listeners what we do is we train people that want to become that want to basically take their love of animals and take it to a level where they can they can go out and make a living in the animal field mm-hmm. or in the animal business. So we have three main programs. We have a program that teaches people to be professional dog trainers. That's the one you took. We have a program that teaches them to become veterinary assistants. And we have another one that teaches them to become professional groomers. All of these courses take roughly 12 to 16 months to complete. Really, a lot of that depends on your uh, level of commitment, dedication. And they are a combination distance learning coupled with what we call an externship. So you learn some of the materials in the comfort of your home, some of the theoretical aspects of whatever business you're getting into. And then when it comes to the practical side, because after all, you're going to need to get some hands-on in order to realistically go out there and apply your trade once you graduate, we will set you up with a mentor, a professional that you can work with and observe and get that hands-on experience you need. So in the the case of the dog training program, we'd set you up with a professional trainer. Uh, In the case of the veterinary program, we'd get you into a veterinary hospital and the groomer program we get you a grooming salon. So if you're interested in making, you know, a transition into the pet industry, or for many people, if you have a a job that you're comfortable with that's not in the pet industry, but you're interested in doing this as a part time thing, then we get about five percent of our student body, especially on the dog side, the dog trainer side, that goes through the entire program and then just volunteers. They never charge, they don't set up a business, they just go into shelters and work with dogs and people there and do it just because that's what they want to do and they want to make a difference. But for Mm -hmm. anybody that's interested in any of this, you can either call us, 888-600-7220, 888-600-7220, needless to say, that's uh, toll free, or you can just check us out on the web at animalbehaviorcollege.com. Exactly like it sounds. animalbehaviorcollege.com. That
2: sounds wonderful, Steve. You're gonna to have to come back and visit us again. You give us a wealth of knowledge every time you're here.
3: And I am, I am open to coming back anytime you'll have me. Okay. I love you. I love the fact that you've taken a passion and really done something with it. And it's oh. always, always very, very gratifying for me to be able to speak with former students that have uh, done amazing things. So um, you're one of the reasons I stay in the business, and certainly one of the reasons why I find this so rewarding. Yeah. So I, you thank me, but I also thank you.
2: Thank you. So, and I hear the passion in your voice too. So it's uh, it's mutually appreciated. Again, Stephen Applebaum, the president of Animal Behavior College. Always a pleasure. We will be speaking with you soon. We're going to come back in just a few minutes with more tips on training your adopted shelter dog right here on Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio.
1: Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's pet will be back in two shakes of a tail right after recess.
0: Introducing the new Bret Michaels Pets Rock Collection exclusively at PetSmart. I created it for the pets that rock your world. Shop the Bret Michaels Pets Rock Collection and celebrate PetSmart's 25th anniversary with up to 25% off thousands of items on the PetSmart site. Plus, free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. That's PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com.
1: Welcome to GoDaddy.com's Internet Cloud. First, get your domain name from GoDaddy.com. Then, make your business and personal Internet dreams come true.
0: Go to GoDaddy.com. Use promo code TEACHER101. Get a .com domain name for just $7.49. TEACHER102 for 10% off your order. TEACHER103 for $5 off $30 or more on any items. Or TEACHER104 for 20% off one-year hosting plans at GoDaddy.com. GoDaddy.com. Domains, websites, and everything in between.
1: Hi, I'm Lisa Smith Putnam, the host of the new and exciting show, Your Pets My Dogs, here on Pet Life Radio. Your Pets My Dogs will feature celebrity interviews, we'll talk to everyday pet owners, and more. Listen, I am here to entertain you each and every week, right here on Pet Life Radio. Again, that's Your Pets My Dogs. I'm your host, Lisa Smith Putnam. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Ugh. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention. There may be a quiz later.
2: Hi, and welcome back to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. I'm Nancy Tolino, and as you know, I'm the owner of Peace in the Pack Canine Counseling. And as we were talking earlier with Stephen Applebaum, the president of Animal Behavior College, regarding shelter dogs and their care, and the adoption of shelter dogs, you know, this is so near and dear to my heart because they're the reason I got into training and in behavioral counseling to begin with. In fact, as you can hear, I have a foster right now, and we're working on some rehabilitation as well. I want to reiterate by saying how important it is For every dog, actually, to have structure in their lives. Structure and routine are an important part of the caregiving process. But know, too, that you need to give your dog a clear and concise path to follow. And everyone in the household needs to be on the same page. Consistency is always the key. When you first get your dog home, make sure to take your dog on a nice long walk. It not only releases excess energy, but it creates a wonderful bonding experience between you and your new companion animal. If there are other animals in the household, hopefully they've had a chance to meet before your dog comes home for the first day. Have your dogs walk together in a neutral area before entering the home. This gives them a chance to bond as well and to enter the home together. It not only puts your new dog at ease, but it should curtail any territorial tendencies your other dogs may have as they welcome your new dog home. Once inside, make sure to introduce your new companion animal to the different areas of your home on the leash. This way it'll give your dog security Resist the temptation to let your dog run wildly throughout the house on the first day. Believe it or not, it's too overwhelming as he or she will become confused. It can create stress and anxiety. Let your dog learn your home in small increments. Your dog will gradually learn your home. Remember, dogs are dead animals, and they like to feel safe and secure. But the most important thing is your pathway, and that's the path that you set. Make sure you provide structure, security, safe boundaries, and of course, plenty of praise and affection. Always set your dog up to succeed. As Steve was mentioning earlier, make sure to feed at set times on a daily basis. Don't stray from the routine. Create routine. Create a pathway. Start your dog on training sessions. When your dog's focused on you, it not only gives your dog a task and a job to do, but it creates a healthier, more balanced dog. Create bonding times. Set aside time for walks and for playtime. Make sure the exercises are age-appropriate. Make sure to take your dog to the vet. And make sure any medical issues are addressed right away. Never become frustrated. Be patient, be understanding, and know that your dog is meeting you more than halfway. Your dog wants to please you. You have your dog's attention. Thing is now is how you use it. Start with basic commands like sit, stay, downstay, and the recall. That's when your dog comes to you. Make these activities fun. And at the same time, your dog is learning. Your dog is always learning. And to tell you the truth, so are you. Be patient, be kind, be understanding, and be supportive. You've already provided the love the nurturing, and the housing. Now it's time to provide what your dog really needs. And that's you. And a clear path to success. If you'd like more information on training tips, go to my website at www.peaceinthepack.com. Well, congratulations if you've just adopted a dog, and hopefully you're inspired to maybe adopt one in the future. There are plenty of loving dogs and cats in animal shelters all over the country that are looking for their forever homes. Take it seriously, and know that you'll have a friend for life. And remember that, Animals are a commitment for life, and rightfully so. The rewards that you get are completely fulfilling and far outweigh anything else. Thanks for listening. Remember, create peace wherever you can for you and your companion animals. I'm Nancy Tolino. We'll talk again next time on Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio.
1: Tools and session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com.